0: wellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your lives
1: welcome to the primal alternative podcast featuring actionable tips from real people
0: with real stories about real food this show is presented by primal health coach helen marshall who empowers other paleo loving thermomix owning mums to start a sustainable,
1: faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall.
0: Happy New Year. It's H here, your host of the Primal Alternative podcast, and I am thrilled that you are tuning into this episode. So yay you. Thanks for being here. I hope that you have an incredible 2018. What have you got planned? Did you see my 2018 New Year intention setting video? Question mark. That was pretty cool. That was all about sealing in what we've learned and experienced in 2017, and really just taking a moment to reflect on the good bits and the bad bits, because, you know, that's life, and really just getting um, a clear intention of what we want to feel more of this year. So if you haven't checked it out, you can find it either on my Primal Alternative Facebook page or uh, on my YouTube channel, I have a YouTube channel, yes, um, with over 80 videos, I think, now. Incredible. So check it out um, if you haven't done so already. So much to talk to you about. And I'm so excited to be bringing you this interview with Fuad from Quirky Cooking today. Um, I am a big fan of Quirky Cooking. Joe Whitten um, saved my life when I first went to um, a dairy and grain-free way of living. I hadn't got a clue what to make, but luckily you can literally make anything, right? Out of plants and animals, nuts and seeds. You can, you can make anything. You can paleo-fy or primal-fy anything, which is exactly what I've done with my primal alternative food range. So I'm so grateful to Quirky Cooking and you probably know, but if you don't know, Quirky Cooking um, promoted Primal Alternative uh, towards the back end of last year, and they're also going to do give me a few more little mentions to their incredible audience. I was a guest on their podcast uh, in December, so if you haven't checked that out, find that that's on the Wellness Couch as well. Um, my episode with them, and in that I talk about my story and how Primal Alternative came to be, and in this episode. Fouad talks about his story and how he ended up working with Joe from Quirky Cooking and how they have now combined to be this incredible um, incredible team touring around the country, giving cooking classes, inspiring people to reclaim their health and demand deliciousness to shop locally and just to really flip and enjoy food because, you know, we've deprived ourselves and denied ourselves for so long when it comes to food. And really when we find the foods that work for us, it just opens up this whole new appreciation of life. And it's a real kind of journey as well to tune in more to what our bodies are telling us in terms of, um, you know, the foods that our body's craving, the nutrients it needs. Um, Yeah. So it's a It's a really cool um, chat with food today. You're going to love it. Now I've got literally, my head is spilling over like the magic porridge pot with ideas. Now that Christmas is over, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got so much I want to do this year. I'm totally motivated and up for it. I don't know if you know, but towards the back end of 2017, I was having some thyroid issues. Well, um, the blood tests came back in November that things were looking good and it's taken a while, but now we're um, mid-January and I've got my energy back. It's so exciting and less brain fog. Yeah, still got a few of those pounds to shift that I stacked on with my slow thyroid, but I'm giving myself the benefit of time. I'm removing the um, burden of instant transformation and trusting that my body knows what it's doing. And so um, I'm down with it, just wearing the baggy pants for a bit longer. <laughs> I have got uh, my 21 day challenge has evolved. I've never liked that word challenge. Like I love what the 21 day challenge brought, um, but I've never liked the word challenge. And I've right, this will be my sixth round, sixth live round of the 21 day challenge. And it was only. A couple of weeks ago, I was lying in the hammock chatting to Melissa Palmer. She's my number one customer. Chatting to Melissa Palmer on Facebook. Uh, she's my number one customer because she was the first one that ever bought my products. Even when they were like really small and crap, she bought them and she still does. And um, now we've become great friends. And I was chatting to her and I had I found the inspiration to change the 21 Day Challenge name to Thrive a 21-day clean living journey. I love it so much more because it is, it's a journey. It's an experience. It's not a challenge where, you know, you'll be doing 11 billion squats and starving yourself and, you know, no, it's not. It's a gentle, nurturing, nourishing, detoxing, decluttering, slowing life down, connecting with loved ones, throwing a primal celebration dinner party, navigating the world, finding what you can get at your local cafes, finding what you can buy at your farmer's markets. It's about enjoying life, really, and just, it's a really beautiful time. Um, Even if you're a diehard primal head, it's a really beautiful time just to kind of reflect, reset, recharge, because we all do get off the track a little bit, and not so much off the track falling off the wagon, but what I mean is off track a little bit in terms of sometimes life can just suddenly get a little bit busy And it's really nice to just peel it back and the beginning of Thrive, we sit down and we say, look, how am I feeling right now? And you actually take a moment to tune in and write down everything that you're feeling either in your body or emotionally. And then we work out how you want to feel more of and we create an affirmation around that, which you actually repeat every day as well as with some conscious breaths, which is just in itself transforming and amazing and then at the end of the three weeks we write down a testimonial to ourselves to celebrate how far we've come so it's a really beautiful honoring um journey and we do it with a group of women Um, I always find the the feminine energy the sisterhood is just completely transforming and dynamic so check it out Funk Soul Brothers and Sisters. Uh what else? What else? What else? I am in love with yoga with Adrienne. Um, Mel and Bendy from the Paleonata have been talking about her for ages. And I thought, yeah, 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 I'm gonna try that, gonna try that, gonna try that. Never found it. Anyway, Melissa Palmer, number one customer, told me that she was doing um Adrienne's uh 30-day free yoga uh, journey. It's all about journeys these days. Um, and so I've jumped on board a little bit late in the game, but I'm on day four and it's just incredible. I, I think that coming from being a bit of a gym junkie, cardio head, I use doing yoga, but really, uh, although it wasn't treating it like a workout, I definitely wanted to feel like I was doing squats, push ups, planks, that kind of thing. Whereas Adrian's more, it's, I don't know, it's, it's different. you got to check it out. She's got a YouTube channel. It's very, very reflective, insightful and and things that she says to you on the mat in the morning, they kind of resonate with you and you think about them as the day goes on. And that's really where I'm at now. I've been looking, I've been, my Facebook feed is just full of all these people doing these little workouts and all these incredible, intense, high intensity stuff. And it's just not me anymore. I just, I'm 43 this year and I just feel like my body wants a little bit more of a slower restorative. Yeah. I'm still going to do my sprints once a week. I love doing my sprints. i bounce on the tram. I love all that kind of thing. But I think in terms of moving my body, this is what I need. So check it out. It's really cool. What else? What else? What else? I've told you about Thrive. I'm doing a live Thrive on Live Thrive, come and join me for Live Thrive on February the 5th. So, you know, for those of us with kids, the kids are back at school. It's all back to normal. It's much easier to do something like Thrive in when you're in your normal routine. Okay. So join me for that. The price this year is $57, but you can get last year's price at $40 if you use the coupon code VALUED I'll put a link to um to join Thrive in these show notes. Um yeah, so come and join us. Or if you're like, oh gee, this sounds so cool. I want to do Thrive Now, you can do it now. You can start now as well, and you'll get daily inspirational videos from me. I'm a little bit down to earth and crazy. And uh, the videos are like usually one to three minutes long a day. You just watch that, you get you know what you're doing for the day, and there's the Facebook group for support to connect with myself. When you do the live Thrive, I do weekly live um, question and answers, which are pretty cool. You can come and ask me all your questions and get some free health coaching too, which is awesome. Uh, Set for Life is returning as well this year for a live round. That's going to run straight after Thrive. So if you want a nine week journey of just incredible personal growth and discovery um, and health transformation then. Why not do the whole lot, baby girl? Um, and also 2018 is going to be a mega incredible year for Primer Listers joining us. Who is going to be the first Primalista of 2018? I cannot wait to find out who. Could it be you? So if you would like to be a Primalista, Primalista is a producer of the Primal Alternative grain-free food range. We've got a uh, fruit toast, pizza bases, fat and seedy bread. That's just an instant bestseller because it's only got one gram of carbohydrates per slice. Ding, 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 ding. We've got jellies, which are awesome uh, for a bit of gut nourishing um, delight. We have got winter and summer bread, and we've got chock chip cookies, which are just the perfect thing to dunk in your cup of tea without going off the primal plan. Um, so to be a Primalista, all you need to do is have a passion for a clean living passion for this lifestyle to just really get it. That's the key. Okay. You need to love baking. You need to own a Thermomix or another two liter kind of capacity food mixing bowl thing. You don't need to be a chef or anything like that because the recipes are super easy. They're simply measure, mix and bake. And they need to be because it's a franchise and everything needs to be replicable. So we have some consistency across the brand. And I would like to grow a primal alternative so that everybody who wants to go grain-free can go and grab their hand, put their hand on some primal alternative products wherever they are in Australia. So whether they're at their farmer's markets, health food shop, dining out for breakfast, they can order some beautiful homemade, nutrient-dense, delicious primal alternative bread instead of the gluten-free stuff that you get too. Yeah, I'm excited. So we've currently got, how many have we got now? 17 listers across Australia. I want to grow that to 150. Their potential is incredible. So many places could stock our amazing products. We're a national network of local producers. So if you've always wanted to run your own business, but you've been held back by, you know, just self-doubt, I'm not good enough, or you haven't got the time to, you know, come up with a good business model that's replicable and that works, then check it out because all the hard work is done for you in terms of the business model. I'm not saying it's not hard work, sister, because it is. If you're going to have a baking business, there's a real element of manual labor in there. Obviously, you've got to go out and get your own stockists. There's the element of risk as there is with any business. But this is all done for you and you get the support and sisterhood of the other Primal Listers and me, I've got your back. I'm there to help you in every single way um, possible that I can. And Primal Alternative is gathering a lot of brand – awareness. We've only been a national business since Boxing Day 2016. So we've just had our first birthday. Thank you all of us, all of you for sharing. I did a special birthday post. Heaps of people shared it. It reached 3,500 people, which is so cool. And I was giving out um, a free loaf of fruit toast and cookies. So congrats to our winners. Well done. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, so whew, I'm excited, I could talk to you forever, but really, we must get on with the show. So now, here we go, over to me and Fu. Welcome, Fuad. I'm so grateful that you are joining me for take two of your interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your face just went fed when you said that, I love
0: it. <laughs> I am literally mortified that we had an amazing hour and a half conversation, and it was to an audience of one.
1: Well, you know, um, we're not going to be able to repeat that conversation, so let's not have high hopes for this one. I think this, this is going to be downhill from there.
0: This one's going to so, be rubbish 20 minutes or something like let's that. Let's talk
1: about the weather. <laughs> How's the weather? It's
0: really hot here, actually. <laughs> How is it where you are?
1: Uh, we've had a few rainy days and it's clearing up now, so it's good. Starting to be able to go back outside into the bush and having a bit of walking around this area and discovering it, so
0: really, really wonderful. Nice. Very nice. Now, Fouad, I'd like you to share your story of how you um, discovered the paleo diet.
1: Sure. Okay. Okay. So I guess um, I share my story for a few reasons. Um, one, of course, is to give your audience a bit of background about who I am. Uh, the other one is to give them an idea of how different a life could be, uh, like someone that they could be walking down the street with and they've never, they don't know that person, and just to give them an idea of how different a life could be. Um, also to hopefully uh, see some commonality between their story and mine. Uh, also to inspire them to see where I've been and where I've uh, ended up. And um, just to give them a little bit of motivation so that they know that um, if they have a certain amount of determination in them, even if it's small, they can really allow to grow and grow and and change their life. And um, my story is is one that I'm very grateful for. I've been through a lot of sickness in my life and I've been able to reverse it And I've come out the other end preaching to people that this is possible and telling them that, you know, through changing the way that you eat firstly, um, you'll be able to transform yourself and your life, reverse chronic illness, and be a much happier person. Because after all, I think this is, you know, a pursuit of happiness that we're all on at the moment. Uh, Everyone here is looking to be happy. And um, I guess what I try to share is, my version of how I came to that. So I was I was uh, sorry about the long intro, but just to set the scene and, and give people like a little bit of a, an idea of what they should be looking out for here. Because uh, I like to be clear on these things. So um, I was born in Lebanon in the peak of the Civil War. Um, This was a very, very difficult time. The Lebanese people were fighting between each other, Christians versus Muslims and uh, Christians versus Christians and Muslims versus Muslims and Palestinians and Israelis and all sorts of foreign influence in the country. And it was just crazy, crazy times. And um, I was born in that crazy time. So typically someone who grows up in Lebanon will get the best of both worlds the country being a Mediterranean and Middle Eastern country, so we get all these amazing spices and uh, the beautiful ancient historical foods that we've had, plus all the fresh stuff from the Mediterranean. Um, and that was, to a certain extent, my diet, but um, Lebanon was receiving a lot of foreign aid during the time of war, so the staples were the stuff that were coming into the country, things like white sugar, white flour, um, vegetable oils, um Vegetarian ghee, like or like you know non-dairy ghee, which they uh, like a like a different type of margarine. I don't know what it is. Ultra pasteurized cheese, um, spam. But it was really <laughs> like a uh, <laughs> not
0: spam. A lot of spam. Oh no.
1: A lot of spam. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know we used to like fry eggs with spam. That was sort of like a, a typical breakfast for us, and eat it with lots of um, you know high-gluten Lebanese bread. So this was a um sorry i'm about to sneeze is this something you can pause and sort of cut out the sneeze or does it have nice. to go on air oh, it's, it's gonna be an on-air right. sneeze
0: it's, all
1: right all right well it's gone it's gone now i think you don't want <laughs> you
0: to
1: stage fright. <laughs> you know like you i think when, when you recognize that there's a problem that's the first time you know first thing that happens in resolving it doesn't it <laughs> so um so that's the crazy. sneeze is gone. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and, uh, just
0: from your awareness. Yeah. Amazing.
1: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Bring awareness to the problem. And um, so I'm... Um, uh, there I am, you know. I started sneezing at an early age. Yeah, mind too. you, Yeah, yeah that's terrible. So, yeah, really? Fever. Yeah, okay. Hay fever. Yeah. So this isn't hay fever. We, we just... Um, this is just like... I, I sneeze once every couple of days now, which is really good. That's okay. But... Um, I'm keeping a logbook, but
0: uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, hey, this is nice. This video thing—the first time I do a video—and uh, it's a bit more personal, isn't it, to talk yeah, to someone yeah, on camera?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's it, it and you know, you, I don't know. Like the something really good about watching someone's expression when you're talking to them to to find out if you're. Yeah. There again, Oh they go. Yes.
1: So, is he, is he being serious or is <laughs> yeah, he joking? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, okay, joking. Does he really keep a sneeze logbook? All right. So, <laughs> I don't think he does. So, <laughs>
0: anyway, yeah. Okay, back um, to the horrible story.
1: So, so back to the story. So, you know, I'm just growing up in this stressful environment. I'm getting a lot of um, stress, a lot of refined foods. Uh, and uh, on top of that, the Lebanese doctors were giving uh, antibiotics like they were candy because they were worried that if you went to a hospital, that's like a prime bombing target. So, you know, they wanted you to stay away from that. So... In the first, like, if, if you had a headache, they'd throw antibiotics at you. you know, it was that kind of problematic. So I, I was born into this kind of environment. My mom was stressed out during gestation, and, and here I am struggling with my own health from a very early age. So i um, you know, um, an overweight baby. And by the time I'm 13, I'm obese already. Um, I have um, chronic hay fever. I have um, a blocked nose all the time. And, well, no, I see this is a good trick, actually. Every time, like, um, I sneeze, like, um, I realize that it's usually because something, like some dust or something has gone in and started thickening my nose. So you can just sniff a little bit of water Ah. and then it goes away just goes away. Okay. So, hopefully, Good that day. does it. Um, thank you, five bucks please, <laughs> I'm going to charge you for it. But, uh, so, <clears throat> here I am, sick, 13 years old, I'm starting to get these recurring ear infections, really, really vicious, very painful, uh, I'd lose hearing in both ears and the doctor would have to drain my ears from the pus. And I was put on antibiotic injections for six months on, six months off for three years, which completely destroyed my microbiome, which is the, uh, the bacterial colonies that are inside your gut and on your skin, of course. And they outnumber us 10 to 1 in their DNA. So uh, as far as numbers go, we're a vehicle for microbes in this human form and they uh, do a lot of things like they modulate our immune system they uh, keep us healthy they synthesize vitamins uh, for us they digest our food for us and they also fight invading bacteria as well so they're part of this immune system and they relay things like hunger signals to the brain Um, they control our mood Um, incredible what um, these bugs in us actually uh, how far dependent we are on them to be who we are so I'm on these antibiotics and they're wiping out the good with the bad there's like a a little uh, you know extermination going on in my body and uh by the time I was 17, the ear infections uh, had sort of um, become a bit less frequent because I was starting to use a, a natural remedy mm-hmm. for them, which was basically like um, roasted onion juice, and that kind of kept the, the problem away, and that, that was incredible, actually. The first application of that really helped me so much. and I was able to stop the antibiotics after three years, but it took that long for the antibiotics to to be stopped mm. and then by the time i was 17 i started getting the these this acne that started off on my head i had a lot of hair back then and so it was covered under the hair and then it spread down my shoulders my back my chest my legs covered my whole body and it was really really like um massive like i have pimples this big full of pus mm. and the doctors um as i said uh Last time to you, I think they had a. They thought I had a an antibiotic deficiency. They were like, ah, I know what this guy needs more antibiotics. He's he's just born with not enough antibiotics in his system, and I think we should just top him up. You know, so you know, no one knew the wiser. No No one knew that this was bad for us. and um, They just kept pumping it down my throat in pill form this time. Definitely the acne would subside when I would take it and then definitely it would come back worse and worse with every application. And uh, that's the way it was. I moved to Australia in uh, 2001. I was studying software engineering here. The doctors here did the same thing. I saw so many specialists. They all told me the exact same thing, that this was a problem that... um, I had from birth, manifesting at a later age, that as such it is a genetic issue, and I had um, just lost the lottery, you know, in that sense, and uh, and, uh, I'm going to have to continue to medicate for the rest of my life. I thought the same too. So I would have to cycle the antibiotics. I couldn't take them all the time. So I had to go off them, go on them. And I was, um, I think, 23, 24. I can't really remember the age, actually. But I started getting eczema that covered me from my chest down to my legs, really itchy. So here I am, full of pus and Mm. scratching until I'm eating. Like, I'll give you a second maybe to sort of get that image out of your (laughs) head if you want. We can move on. We can move on. Uh, But um, so, more antibiotics and now steroid creams on on my skin, which has thickened my skin. It's changed the quality of it over the years. Still um, struggling from residual issues from the medication. I'm still struggling now from that. I believe I've resolved a lot of the issues that were related to my lifestyle, but my body hasn't recovered from the impact of the medication, which is, you know. Um a, a big thing that I continually try to improve on. But um, I'm going on with my life. Um, I'm working as an IT guy. Um, and I wanted to sort of express a little bit about my culture. So I, I started writing this blog in 2006 called The Food Blog. I was doing a degree in English lit- literature before I did software engineering. So I really liked writing and self-expression. And um, so I started this blog about food particularly Lebanese food to talk about our culture and our uh, ways of living through the lens of food, to talk to people about what le- being Lebanese really meant for me. Because I'd, I'd meet a lot of people in Australia who'd go, oh, where are you from? And i say, I'm Lebanese. They go, oh, you're Lebanese? Well, you, you don't seem very Lebanese to me. And I think they had this kind of impression in their head of what a Lebanese person would be. Like, you know, the, the Subaru WRX and the Undercuts and, uh, you, know, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And, okay. whoa, bro, what's up? And I I didn't have any of those finer qualities of being a Lebanese person, evidently. So I I was kind of batting that stereotype wherever I went. You know, it wasn't uh, uncommon for me to have this conversation with most new people that I met in my life. To be like, ah, well, Lebanese, you know, most Lebanese people I know aren't like you. Or some of them had never met Lebanese people. So I wanted to change that perception. Mm -hmm. So I'm writing about my culture and all that. So I really started falling in love with food through this because i liked eating and i liked writing about it so i started learning more and more about things like food culture and history and food migration where you know a dish that started off in iran ended up in uh, peru things like that really fascinated me and um I threw myself at it and then the Sydney Morning Herald came and saw my blog and they liked my writing and they asked me to be a reviewer for the Good Food Guide. So here I am, like a software engineer by day and a food critic by night, going to all these restaurants going, hmm, this is delicious. I'll be <laughs> a chef's hat for you, like that. So it was pretty, pretty fun. Um, yeah. And uh, I got to travel around New South Wales doing this and to be able to really understand what... Um, uh, the chefs were doing it and to be honest in my assessment of their food. I had to you know, learn more and continue to educate myself around food because I didn't feel right to judge something that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. So I I got so many books on food and started reading them and uh, learned more and more and more about that. And I started changing my worldview, that kind of knowledge. Shifted my paradigm. I started uh, learning words. I hadn't really registered before things like sustainability seasonality locality the importance of soil health importance of supporting your farmers uh, the dangers of genetic modification uh, pesticide use um, and all these things started getting absorbed into me and changing my perspective around food so i started shopping at farmer's markets more often and getting you know um the the best stuff that i could get to cook at home but at the same time i was still eating out like mcdonald's every once in a while hungry jacks and things like that i didn't really understand why eating at those places was bad for me i was like "Ah, you know it's okay and now i know why that it's you know there's just so many reasons why you should be avoiding those types of uh, industrialized food places. So, um, my health journey continued to um, become worse over time. My I would yo-yo diet, so I would lose a lot of weight through severe calorie restriction and then put it back on with a vengeance afterwards, and. Um, I peaked at 128 kilos in 2011. This, um, this was when my daughter was one year old. Um, and um, I wanted to be able to keep up with her, but I just couldn't physically do it. I was just so burdened by my own weight, um, a lot of pain and inflammation and heaviness and sluggishness and laziness and lying on the sofa and not really having mental clarity to be able to just ha- have a conversation or get a sentence out. even. And that was really where I was living in this kind of fog. And it was a lifelong fog. It's not something that, uh, you know, was new to me, but it had just become really kind of difficult to live with at that time and i decided hey i went to see the doctor one last time one last specialist i was um, i was told was gonna be able to help me out with my skin i went and saw them and they said exactly the same thing about my skin that this is something i'm gonna have to continue to medicate for the rest of my life they had to authorize the most powerful antibiotic they could they couldn't actually script it themselves they had to call in and get an authority to provide me with that and that was after three minutes of them looking at my skin and did not ask me a question about my history, the way I Food, ate, my lifestyle, yeah, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. So not
0: this, so this um, yeah. you know, like double dose of like mega antibiotic came on the back of what, about a decade of, of taking antibiotics Anyway.
1: So the one that he gave I didn't take. I took that script and I and I threw it in the bin Good. and I said that I said that's it. That like, I can't go down that path. I have to find a different way. And uh, I started going to naturopaths and things like that, but no one was able to help me. No one really. Some people had good ideas about health, and they gave me diets to follow, but I think um, it hadn't registered with me why they were giving me that way. I didn't get the education. Yes. So I'm the kind of person who only can make change when it resonates on the inside. Mm. I can't follow orders, mm. and I, I think a lot of people are like that. They just can't. They can't just create change just because someone tells them to. Yeah. You know, it has to come. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: absolutely. You, I think you need to that understand yourself. Yeah. And you need to understand why. And you need to understand, you know, once you understand how these foods affect your body, then it can be a lot easier to pass on Mm. on those foods, can't it? And and to to go and find alternatives that, that can replace them
1: and i think um naturopaths try to help us um some of them have good ideas on diet some of them don't Um, Mm -hmm. but i think there's a lot of initial resistance because there's change that you know we don't want to we don't want to change we don't want to do it so we
0: let's just touch on that for a minute because my 10 year old son said the other day we were talking about um food allergies and i said "You, you can have some food allergy testing done you know you can to get get some blood drawn and have an IgG antibody test, and you can find out all of these different things that you're allergic mm-hmm. to. And he said, "Oh, I, I'd like to know because it's sort of, almost kind of like you're unusual if you don't have a food allergy these days at school, right?" So um, yeah, yeah, and he said to me, um, "Even if I'm allergic to gluten, I'm still going to eat it anyway." And I was just like, "Wow, what is this resistance to? You know, what? Like, why do we want to embrace our poisons?"
1: Um, so th- this is a very well-documented psychological thing in us that uh, not only do we not want to improve, um, but like by restricting ourselves or in, even some something that sounds negative could uh, be understandable why we don't want to do it. But sometimes even great things we don't want to move towards. You know, We, we like to be uh, in a certain definition of the self. So we like to define ourselves as very... Um, um, solid, because we've been kind of given this idea from childhood that as you grow into this body, you're given an egoic identity, and that egoic identity anchors itself to certain belief systems, and identifies itself around those belief systems. And in truth, you're none of these belief systems because they're actually quite fluid, and uh, you uh, you just experience resistance at the egoic level mm. uh, as it wants to shift from one thing to the other because through the shift it exposes how fragile this identity is because you go well yesterday i was this guy today i'm that guy Mm -hmm. well who am i really between those two shifts you know and this is at a very subconscious level this is a very primal level for a human being um, but this is this is I think where a lot of the inner work of a human being starts happening is when they become conscious of these running programs that tell them eat this way behave this way, think this way, talk to people this way, feel that way and, and once they recognize that these are actually almost like operating systems um, that have like I'll give you an example like I recognized the other day that my I've inherited the uh, the sensation or the feeling or the attitude of worrying about stuff that actually um, when someone presents me with a problem, I worry about it. And then I go, like, and I feel an internal kind of worry, simple, it's really simple. And then I have to take action from from that place of worry. And then I realize that this is actually something that my environment had sort of taught me to behave in that way and that i don't actually need to behave in that way when a problem presents itself because in any case i'm going to have to take action so whether i that i take on that worry and accept it as being a feeling that's inside me that's running my internal um milieu for a lack of a better word then um it's uh It's not something that that I need to to grab onto. So then this person who's always been worrying all this time, like I have, I I recognize this and I start being able to change it because now as the worry pattern starts coming up again and again for me, I can just go, ah, this is the old behavior which is the identity of the person who worries when a problem comes and presents themselves, and I don't need to be that person. And then you're more fluid with who you are, and you don't have to anchor yourself on all these different belief systems, and then uh, you can flow with life a little bit more easily. But this kind of rigidity is from an early age instilled in us because it builds certain things in us that allow us to conform with our larger society Mm -hmm. so it becomes part of our mythology to be rigid to to follow the like everyone's eating gluten everyone's eating at mcdonald's everyone is consuming everyone's buying the latest phone everyone doing so these things this is the mythology of our world we're born into that mythology and we conform with it because that's how we are trained but this is just the first level of of consciousness and then the second level is when you're aware that you can let go of all these trainings that you've had they've gotten you so far to be able to survive in this world and not just be you know uh, a child that has no objectives or goals or anything like that but you you've come to a place where you're intelligent, you're capable of making the correct decisions that are also conscious of the internal programming that you have. Mm. So, it was, As far as your child goes, it's normal part of his development, but there will come a time in his life when, when he'll be able to look at those things and say, well, actually do I really... Do I really feel that way about gluten? Or what is the attitude that I have? Have I just inherited this view? Does it associate... Uh, do I associate with it things like comfort, uh, love? Do I associate conformity with my friends and not being uh, someone who stands out? You know, all these emotions that can be around bread.
0: I know. You
1: know, like something to so, see you know? I love All it. these things. Yeah. So they, they'll be able to... Um, get over it as, as they mature but for now this is just part of their uh, forming of that egoic self identity I think your job as a parent is to sort of guide them to uh, have the least amount of weight that they carry with them as they move on to that level level Sorry, the second level where they can drop these things anyway. Yes. So yes. you don't you don't burden them with as much as possible, so they can just. They, you're gonna give them a lot of emotional scarring just by being, you know, around them anyway, <laughs> like because you've inherited a lot of stuff. Well, that's right. Yourself you're still working with. I love
0: how you've described <laughs> that, and, I, and I'm really surprised that I didn't make the the connection. But you know, at this age, you know, um, uh, trying to fit in a regular state school um it's all about fitting in with the tribe of the of the the school and really that's the most basic primal thing that we can do because if we didn't fit in with the tribe then we'd you know face death and isolation and we'd starve so it's really important to conform and to fit in but like you say when you take to the to the next level it really is a case of um have you read gay hendrix the big leap and he talks about no, no. It's really good. He talks about um, how you get to a certain level and then you hit your upper limit, and how you have mm. to transcend that upper limit. Um, and really, okay. that's as simple as becoming aware of it and then um, you know noticing yeah. behaviours like you are noticing behaviours about your worrying. And when you start on a health journey, and this is why your your book's title is so apt. It starts with food but it changes your whole life because once you start to um you know get rid of that fog that you've described and all of that pain that you were in and you start to 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 heal and to to gain clarity you start to become so much more um aware of your consciousness aware of your um guide your, intu- your intuition don't you it's like this called sure, life transformation which is incredible.
1: That's that's exactly been my experience, and that's really in part why I do what I do. Partially, the the development of the human being is uh, incredibly important to me to see our society change and to see people become less automatic and more conscious of their actions. But also, I believe that we live in a society that is uh, sick as a single organism, and that you know, we, we're trying to heal one person at a time through allopathic medicine or uh, homeopathic or natural medicine, whatever it is. It's one person at a time, it's just not, it's not good enough. You know, it's just not good enough for, to change the state of the societal organism. We can't, um, we can't keep creating more and more sick people. They're outnumbering the healthy people, and if we just, you know, trying to fix every sick person one at a time, it's, it's problematic. For just us.
0: thinking about it,
1: isn't it? It is, yeah, it, yeah You know, like, so um, I think what I like to do is I, I like to not only fix people through the way that you know their body manifests health, but also to give them a solid understanding of what health looks like on the inside, so that when, when they um, catch on to that when they, they're they there, they just uh, start infecting everyone with health, you know, like everyone around them, like inadvertently starts wanting to be healthy mm-hmm. and to move healthy and to feel like, oh, actually, look, I'm very limited in the way that I'm living my life, both in my physical body and my diseases and all that kind of stuff and also in my perspective and like, why, why do I self-impose all these limits on what I see and what I do? Why is that even necessary? Why can't I actually... Grow outside of this tight boundary of who I've defined myself to be and just really find happiness. Do I have to conform? Do I have to stay within these default programs that that our society has given us? Because look, um, look where we go as a society you know look where our programming is taking us i mean we're so so advanced um in terms of our technology but here it is the year 2017 and i have to stand on a stage to tell people what is food and what is poison you know like how is that even something that is ever a job you know like <laughs> like if, if i was born a, a hundred years ago i wouldn't have to do this you know yeah, but here but we are you'd be the you
0: crazy know? one hey you'd be like this yeah, like, we already know this stuff because it's being passed down <laughs> from generation to generation exactly. to generation. But you know, in my in my job as a health coach, I'm uh, talking to women about how to understand when they're hungry or not. Mm. Because I know we touched a little bit on this last time, um, but but nobody else listens to that. So let's go through it again. But you know, we've got that. Yeah. we've got that. <laughs> we've we've had not only you know that the the refined foods that you've talked about, but this social conditioning, which I guess is a hangover from the great depression and the wars where food was scarce and we've been taught to clear our plates and um you're not going to get dessert unless you eat all of that first so we're switching off all of our hunger signals and yeah it's just it's a big mess so tell us mm-hmm. like i love your um i love your theory about not just focusing on the individual but to be looking at it you know as more of a collective and to think more societal than just um ourselves so what are some things that we can actually do to to help that how how do we do it?
1: it it starts of course of course from yourself um you you work on yourself to become healthier and let's say talking about women and hunger and things like that um just changing that um that scarcity model to one of abundance, uh, changing the self-hatred to one of self-love, being compassionate to yourself, uh, accepting where you are and starting from there, uh, not having to look forward to uh, immediate change, but to think of it as a lifelong journey and um, to think of the generations to come as a bigger priority than yourself Um, that um, gets you out of that selfish individual uh, model that we've been put in now in this world and we start thinking uh about our human family and um it sounds really grand but it's really simple it's not you know this is it's just it is what it is really like we are the human race living on this planet earth and if we can come to a time where we're all actually uh peaceful and loving and uh we are not damaging the planet and we're living sustainably then wouldn't that be amazing like how how beautiful would it be? Uh, you know, often get glimpses of, of how beautiful it would be, but sometimes I don't even dare imagine it because it seems just too beautiful to imagine. Um, and um, we, we start with ourselves. Like, that's the only... The only person you can change is you can is yourself. But I, I the other day, this sentence came to me. And I haven't formed it really well, but um, like I had this idea of like you know taking action towards peace, and I thought that we can't take action towards peace. You have to find peace and then take action. You know this is where I I find um, the human beings' uh, next move is is to look inside come to terms with their inner inner self, their their peace, because there is a place inside you that is incredibly peaceful if you know where to look Mm -hmm. and it's always been peaceful and it doesn't actually get troubled by all these things that you you worry about and it's an incredibly light place of being and um, if you find that place in you and you kind of marinate in it if you want, then your uh, actions just become more naturally peaceful and you whatever it is that your life becomes the fruit of that peace will just contribute to a better world so um i don't think you you can predict where you're going to go you can't be rigid about your path but just from being in that that kind of harmony Mm. then you you harmonize with with life and then you know things change from there and and it's a great place to be in harmony
0: it is and i've always thought the you know the war on war and the war on terrorism it's 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 like fire with fire isn't it it's like well how is that going to work because it's just giving more energy to the thing that we're trying to get rid of so if we can all concentrate on you know, you can make a lot of change, like you're saying yourself and focus on being peaceful Mm -hmm. ourselves and and being the change that we wanna we wanna see in the rest of the world. It's a very powerful place to be. We all feel so disempowered. We're all waiting for politicians to make um positive change for the for the planet and society, but really, you can do so much. Mm
1: I don't know, I find politicians to, to be the creme de la creme of the crooks, you know, like that's how they got to be where, where they are, like they're the finest, they're our finest, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, to, to actually, you know, People who've been very, very successful at business and people who, you know, um, they're very good at uh, being part of a, an elite and uh, things like that. Like, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I'm not I'm not at all. I'm actually not interested in, in politics at all because I see it so much in bed with um, the large industries like, you know, big tobacco, um, big pharma, big agra, big food. Uh-huh. Um, so all these all these interests are represented within the political system, and um, they have much more say than than we do um, in the, in that political system. Mm-hmm. But for us, we we change the world at a grassroots level. We support the farmer who's making the food down the road, because we don't need the politician to tell us to do that. And that, that creates change. And that's it's so simple. It really is so simple. And eventually, you know, you create more demand, and as the demand grows, then the supply has to grow. And as the supply grows, the system changes. And I, and I feel it in the world at the moment. There's a shift in, in the way the system is happening. And this is a like an energetic shift that's going on in the world at the moment. And regardless of what system is in place, you can't stand in front of it. You can't like, there's nothing that'll be able to stifle this kind of change because it's not, you know, being driven by a single individual. It's us doing it, you know? So, and, um, And it's an amazing time to be alive. It's really difficult. It's probably the worst it's ever been, but it seems to be now like the more necessary time for change to happen.
0: Mm, It is. It's a very exciting transitional phase. Let's go back to um, when you talked about relieving the burden of immediate change um, and looking Mm. at looking at a health journey as something that is it's a daily practice it's something you're going to do for the rest of the life and let rest of your life and let's talk a little bit about um, your continuing recovery and how it's okay to be a work in progress because I see quite a lot of people get you know an an immediate relief from um, you know ditching You know, conventional wisdom with regards to diet, they get this great, oh, I feel so good, the brain fog's gone. And then a couple of years later, it's like an onion peeling, isn't it? You start to find different layers of your health story, different things come up. And, you know, it can be sort of quite disheartening because you thought you'd nailed it and you thought you'd found the right way to do it. So, can we talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. I in in my life I look back at all the things like I didn't get to finish my story I guess about how I got better but I got better spoiler alert <laughs> um, look at your beautiful now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have cut my hair it's getting too long <laughs> um, but um, I. Um, By eating a paleo diet, I lost uh, over 30 kilos and my skin issues went and my uh, mental fog went away, but, um, I still, um, deal with chronic pain in my body. Um, I have joint pain, um, from years of being obese. Um, I, um, my energy levels aren't incredibly high and, um, I have to rest a lot in my life to just feel, you know, like 100%. And um, this is a thousand times better than what I was 10 years ago, which is, to me, is so happy I'm here. Mm. Um, And then I look back at my life and I go, wow, like... I've published this cookbook with Joe and we've sold 18,000-plus copies of it. I've joined her business, and now we reach 4 million visitors on our blog each year. We have 268,000 followers on Facebook, and, um, and I'm still dealing with this stuff. How could I be telling people about health while I'm dealing with these issues myself? How, am I like a, I a crook? telling people that they can be healthy by eating well and I'm still dealing with chronic illnesses here and my illness forces me to continue to research to continue to read to continue to look at the new Science to deepen my connection with my human nature, because it I know there are unresolved issues, and I'm excited to find out how I can fix them. Because I know that on that journey, I'll come out a better person at the other end. If all my illnesses just were like magically disappeared now, if you had told me, for I. Your life, again, exactly as it is, but no sickness, you know, from the age of 13, um, you know, we remove that altogether and then see how your life would go. Would you do it? And I would definitely not do it. I'll definitely go down the path of being sick and recovering from it because by like, you know, where my life was going, I, I was a, an IT manager at many financial institutions like banks and things like that, which now are, I despise them. I despise where my career was going. Uh, I look back at myself and I go, you know, I had to go through this to know what the system looks like on the inside so that when I'm on the outside, I can k- tell people, come here, come. This is, this is where your refuge is. This is where your home really is, you know. And uh, if I hadn't gone through that kind of difficult forging, of a new me through uh, pain and illness then I would have been unconscious for the rest of my life most probably because I would have had all these things that fed me like the like the money and the mm. prestige and the car and the house and all these things that I don't even care about now but um, they they were just little bits of uh you know, like hits of a drug that keep kept me numb from really looking at uh, who I am as a human being, and then finding in, a, in the more most incredible answer I could find, the most incredible, you know, is, is what I'm discovering day after day. So I'm telling people. If you're sick, fantastic. Back in the day, sick people were, like, the shamans used to take them and apprentice them and tell them, you're going to be the healer of the village. You know, they, they used to, that sickly little kid was prized by the entire community because they knew that that person was going to develop empathy and they're going to be able to create change. And now, look, you know... Every sec- every person we meet is a candidate for shamanism because of <laughs> of this kind of sickness that we're dealing with. And I think we need more healers than anything on the planet at the moment. So, what a better way to become a healer than to go through the sickness and apprentice under it yourself and come out the other end and make people better?
0: That's incredible. That's so inspiring. For ev- you know, everybody that's tuned into this will have something, some issue. <laughs> everyone's on a health journey and and what a wonderful way to think of it because it is so true because once you start to uh reclaim your health and you you become like that shining beacon for others you don't even have to go around and preach to others people just start saying to you oh my goodness what have you done i want to do what you're doing you become like this little uh, burning log on you know, on a fire and you start to you know Set other people on fire just with your vibrant energy and your, um, you know, the, the way that you're looking and feeling, and it, it's very contagious, like you've already said. And wow, it's just, it just makes me really excited about the future to think that if everyone can go <laughs> through their own health journey, then they can ignite, it'll just be like you know, this mm, magic firework going off around the world. It'll just, be,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, wow, that's really, exciting. yeah, well, that's. <laughs> That's really exciting. and I, You know what I really like about that as well is that it really dissolves all of that like perfectionism like um, you're an amazing educator in, in this field and it can really help a lot of people um, but I love what you what you shared there about feeling you know like a crook because perfectionism is just a myth right and I know quite a lot of people in, in this industry they want to step up they want to be more visible they want to inspire more people but they think they're not quite there yet you know mm. like when i'm when i well, again they're living to gold. this
1: idea you know like i'm i'm never going to get a six pack helen you know i'm never going to be that guy who who looks buff or you know like you know exactly and but i think we kind of we're stuck in the two paradigms. We want to be, you know, uh, re-empowered as human beings, but we also want the deprivation of what being on the cover of men's health makes you look like, you know. So these two aren't actually, uh, they're they not congruent. You know, they don't they don't come hand in hand, especially if it's not for someone who's, uh, you know, born sick or has gone through chronic illness. They, it, you shouldn't stress your body out in that way and deprive it and, you know, push it to that extent. Extent. You should uh, definitely look at nourishing and allowing recovery and looking after yourself, like lovingly and not push yourself with all these things like that, that require you to, to meet that crazy ideal that you have or what you should look like before you can help people. You know, there's, yeah, there's, I mean, my God, there are so many people who um, we can learn from who don't meet any health, you know, like standards at all, you know, like by, if you judge them by the cover, you know. Yeah. Some of the greatest teachers on the planet, uh, you know, you pass by them and you just wouldn't look twice. And um, this is, you know, uh, the superficial culture that we live in is that we, we even judge ourselves by the way we look, you know. And um, we shouldn't do that. It just there's much more to us and this physical body in fact you know this is just a a little part of who we are
0: just an illusion some would say but that's probably a little bit too (laughs) esoteric for this conversation (laughs) so i'm going to change topics altogether now because i know a lot of people listening to this i'd like to go down a little bit of a the the foodie entrepreneur let's get some tips from someone who's really successful route because I love your story. It all seems very, like, it's amazing how the infinite works. And like you say, you wouldn't change the way that your path has gone for anything because it's all, if you look back, it's all worked out so perfect. And Mm -hmm. it just seems so amazing how you're, you know... One day you're in computers, and then you decide you want to do food blogging, and then the Sydney Morning Herald, you know, just that local rag, yeah. approaches you to, to be a reviewer yeah. for them, and then you know you you happen to co-author a book with Joe Witten. Like wow, like tell us about tell us about Joe and how did you get to be pals with her, and how did she get to share half her business with you? Um,
1: yeah, look. I've always taken action for things to take place. Even the Sydney Morning Herald, I put myself in the right place and I made uh, myself visible to them. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't something that all of a sudden they picked me up. Mm -hmm. Um, So this this was, to me, I I had a trust in my uh, uniqueness. Like I knew that... what I had to say was different. And I knew that it was my own self-expression. And um, that's what I've always looked for in my life, my, to be original and to be myself and to be moved by my inner world that says, look, there's all these doors, but this is the one you must walk down and um and to be moved by that and so many times in my life this has happened uh and with joe um she she started her blog uh, two years after i did and she started following me at the time i was the more prolific blogger i had a uh, larger she following you, then, really and, No, not (laughs) at all, she's her own woman. Yeah, she's her own woman. You were doing it it first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I started first. I was one of the first in Australia to start blogging. Wow. So there was only like less than 10 of us at the time. So very, yeah, really, like at least in in the New South Wales region. And um, I was the first Middle Eastern food blogger that I know of in the world, in history. You know, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, wow. So... Um, so this is the uh, this is where I was, you know, like this is like who you know, what what made me be that the first person there, or what made me approach the Herald and be certain that you know what, what they had was a hundred percent Anglo Saxon review team, 100 percent. And um, and I put myself in in front of Joanna Saville, the editor, and uh. And I also sent her some links to my writing, um, and then and I said in my head she's going to send me a message next week and ask me to review for the Good Food Guide, and I got that got that from her, um, and. Uh, and to her credit like she she's an incredible woman and she was looking for that diversity and a different authentic voice as well and she picked a few of us uh, from various ethnicities to join the team that year as well so it was just the perfect time with joe she started her blog in uh, 2008 and she uh, she's a mom of four far north queensland she lives uh, she has a very different life to mine um, but we became. Friends we say over our shared hatred for margarine. Uh, which is our, 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 our common <laughs> joke, you know. Because I used to get into these Twitter debates with nutritionists and dietitians who used to say, low fat, low fat, stay away from saturated fat, animal fat, that's going to kill you, you're going to get heart disease, you're going to die. And I was going, well, you know, I definitely trust cows more than I trust chemists. You know, that's I think Jane Goodall's um, good famous one. statement yeah and uh, I was of the opinion that we should just be having the natural food i used i used to get into these all sorts of arguments with them especially after I uh, turned my health around mm. and uh, joe would sort of uh, she used to like my writing uh, and she liked my photography and things like that it inspired her to do her blog you know it, it was an inspiration for her I didn't know to what extent until later on you know and um, we kept friends over the years uh, Then Joe exploded. Just like her blog just went crazy, and as you know, the stats I mentioned earlier of what she deals with now, because she started writing about allergy-friendly cooking with the Thermomix, and she uh, like resonated with all these people um, that were on this health journey and trying to do better for the families, uh, mostly mothers with young children trying to cook gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she created a huge following, and her f- first book has sold over 80,000 copies by now. And uh, she she's a superstar, Joe Whitten, you know, like the loveliest person you'll ever meet, the most open, um, the most incredible I can't even tell you you know like I can't speak highly enough of her I'll tell you what happened with Joe is that uh, I had started two restaurants one was called Chickpea and that went up for nine months as a pop-up and then I had another one for uh, six months called Baraka Um, and um, they were pop-ups me trying to experiment bringing whole foods to uh, the people that I lived amongst and to be able to bring that uh, understanding to them and they were were these um, beautiful restaurants but I couldn't make them keep going I couldn't keep going with them it wasn't for me to stand behind you know uh, the uh, in the kitchen prepping all day and doing all that kind of stuff and I I needed more cerebral work and you know I need more uh, creative output and I needed to reach more people and just I I felt that I was stifled in that restaurant environment and I didn't know how to get out of it at all Um, so I closed down those restaurants and went back to my old career as a software engineer and and I hated it. I just hated my work. Hated uh, being back behind a laptop doing my programming and, you know, you know KPIs and uh, you know this is uh, you know get, get yeah get get here at this time and leave at yeah. that time and get the tie on you know and um, and I just didn't. I, it was not in tune with my my expression. It was a lot of money. Uh, IT is a you know a lot of money, mm. but you just can't. Uh, is the Gilded Cage. And, um, I'm sitting there one day with, with Joe and, uh, she's, uh, I'm t- she's telling me about what's going on with her and, um we're catching up we talked on Facebook a lot you know her son Isaac was uh, had recovered from OCD and anxiety on the GAPS diet and she was working on this online gut health program for GAPS and um, she was really busy doing it and um, but she she was just like uh, you know incredible businesswoman without even you know really trying to do real like modern day business or modern day entrepreneurship or you know this and you know uh, you know MVPs and none of that, you know, uh, she, she was just completely like doing her thing, you know, just authentically. And I said, When are you going to do your next cookbook, Joe? Like, my God, you've sold at the time like 70,000 copies or something. When's the next one coming? And she's like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, well, I just don't have time for it. And I said, oh, Joe, come on, I'll come. I'll leave my job and I'll come and work with you and we'll do this cookbook together. And she's like, really? Come on, let's do it. And I'm like, are you serious?
0: Incredible. And
1: I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And my head was spinning, and I was going, oh my god, like really? And now I'm, you know, here I am, like in in this office, thinking about completely dropping all the security, all this thing that my work brings me um, to, and like a certain career. You yep. know, a yep. certain career, and and uh, to take this chance and go and write this cookbook with with Joe, and. And I went and remembered, you know, Joseph Campbell's words, which is, you know, follow your bliss or do what scares you. They're interchangeable. They, they sort of go hand in hand. Those two statements of his, and th- this is his advice for uh, the flowering of a human life. If if you want your life to flower, you you do these things, and um, and I look back and no decision for me to do to do this now I look back at it and it was just more a, a direction that just was taken I didn't even have to decide mm-hmm. we just said alright well this is what we're doing and, and, um, and then Joe um, Joe and I wrote this cookbook together we didn't um, sign a single piece of paper we didn't say uh, whose intellectual property it was going to be. It was all done under her business. Uh, it was all done through her. I, uh, Whenever I needed a bit of money, I said, Joe, give me some money uh, so that I can pay bills and things like that. And um, just got, got through that year, got through it. And um, we we went on the assumption of that we're going to be partners, 50-50 on, in the book, but she's since then uh, given me Fifty percent of her business just get, get, gave it to me, um, um, because we like, yeah. See, is that even like something that people do these days, or uh, who who does something like She's this? Amazing. Uh, She's amazing, is And uh, we. I, I can't believe it you know I can't believe how open and giving she is and uh, she's been a great teacher for me uh, to reevaluate my personal view of abundance and uh, money and uh, relationships and uh, community and, and tribes and depending on people because I'd always been the person who'd carried my my entire weight on my own shoulders and i've always been the guy who just did my my thing without really you know allowing other other people to help me because i felt that i would be failed uh, if other people helped me and that was my experience especially with medicine so i had to sort of always be the person who solved my own problems and and since then you know joe and i we we are the best business partners. We just doesn't get any better. I wouldn't be able to tell you, oh, if I were to imagine a better business partner, then she would have this qualities or he would have his qualities or anything like that. She's been amazing. And we, we work to our energies. So if today I'm feeling tired, I don't work. Um, if we're not feeling creative, we don't try to create. We do other things. Um, we prioritize family first. Uh, We um, are uh, ethical to the people who work with us, we are very transparent to them, we uh, pay them fairly, we uh, don't ask for things from them for free, we don't ask them to work harder than they can, we ask them to prioritize their families, and uh, we are uh, I, m- most of my emails now Joe and I I laugh. I said when, since I joined her like I just um, instead of saying kind regards in my yeah. emails I would type you know, like I go like much love or yeah. you know whatever it is like Kiss. feel like writing you know yeah, yeah so, like, you non- know, so non-corporate
0: whatever. and what does that mean anyway kind, yeah. kind regards it's like it's like you can't yeah. Come up with a nice thing to say, so you're just like oh, kind regards. Whereas, really, you could just yeah, say something yeah. like, "Have a wonderful day, yeah. love HQ." Yeah. You know, it's much nicer, isn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So so, and, that, and that's even to like people who sort of send us emails they don't even know us, yeah, and we're like, we glad send, tell, give them, you know, much love rather than kind regards. So, you know.
0: It's so stuffy. It's so yeah. stuffy. The way that you guys do business. So, yeah. The way that you guys do business now. Have you have you brought some of your like uh, corporate IT strategy kind of thing to the business or do you still do business uh you know joe's uh joe's way i guess
1: um well I, I mean you know i bring a masculine energy to uh the equation which is definitely more uh focused to get a single task done rather than a multitasking mm kind of mentality like Joe will have 20 things that she wants to get done today and I will have one thing that I want to get done today uh, so I try to bring her down from 20 to 3 and I say these are realistically the 3 that you're going to be able to achieve today so let's try to work on that Uh, in terms of the IT stuff we 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 try to prototype a few things uh, before we uh, commit to an entire, you know, uh, effort that we don't know whether it's going to work or not. So for instance, with the online gut health program that we had, there was some teething issues with the uh, programming, but nothing show stopping. And Joe wanted to keep going and get it, to get it done, uh, you know, a few months from now. And I said, no, we can release now and we can release it to a select number of people who will come on board, say, for a discounted price I and they'll be able says. to be... Uh, yeah, that's right. And then, you know, so I just give her that kind of uh, direction mm-hmm. in, in that. Um, but our business is, look, we, our business is to... It, to feed people information and change their ways of thinking and to heal them and we are out there to make the world, world a better place and to heal it this is this is our business mm-hmm. this is uh-huh everything else around that are just activities yeah. that are a natural expression of what it is that we do and they happen to make money for us mm-hmm. and this is how like they sort of, they just work they make they make money, we wrote the cookbook, it makes money, we, we've done the online gut health program because we believe in it and people join up and people understand that these things like by supporting us we don't charge a lot of money for these things it's not like you know thousands of dollars we charge a, a fair amount which then goes in to sustain our lives to be able to continue to put this content out and we've been, like we keep laughing about this because um, we are not rich from our business but we get just enough money so that we're not lazy about it so that we continue to say well okay well it needs to be continued to be marketed It needs to, con- we need to continue to have strategy about doing all these things but uh, it seems to be just the way things need to happen so that the business continues to reach as many people as possible otherwise you go well you know we've let's shut shop we've you know made our millions and we're going to go home now thank you very much or you know I'm going to buy a, a little piece of barley and go live <laughs> there or something you know? but,
0: but but, business, um, yeah but that, that's even if you had all the money in the world um you would continue to do what you would continue to do what you're doing now because this is what makes your life rich and this is the message that you are here yeah to deliver this, so this is, your,
1: is this is the, the understanding that that comes in so it's it's really good that you said that because idealistically yes that's totally understandable, but in the day to day, if you, for instance, are feeling just a little bit off, you just can go, oh, well, you know, i am just going to take the day off," or you know what I mean? Yeah. And and uh, yeah, and and uh, I yeah. think this uh, as the understanding and the um, solidifying for us in this. Path that we're taking, like we're feeling every day, we're more and more deeply rooted in our path. We feel anchored in it. We feel stable in it. We don't feel like, you know, if you know, I now never think of going back to IT. Whereas like six, seven months ago, I, that used to cross my mind. You know, so these things are uh, firming up, and with them firming up, we're just uh, being able to understand that our path. Is to continue to do this for people, for for the rest of our lives. To Good. continue to do, do yeah to bring this message for the rest of our lives. And it's kind of like a an exciting thing because again this is an old kind of program in us that people mm-hmm. you know tell you like you know you can just get rich and retire or something like that. And for us we're being shown that our life can have so much more impact you know than if we just sat and you know did nothing. Yeah. and we just enjoyed our own. So I this, never this want is to the retire good. to you
0: I want to I want to still be cranking out Facebook lives when I'm 95
1: <laughs> I hope I hope so I, uh, I think um uh, yeah, so this idea of retiring, I think, is it someone retiring from a, a, a career, isn't it? Like uh, Yeah, from like a, a, I
0: think like from a bricks and mortar yeah. business, which you and I have, uh, yeah. you know, escaped. So that the, the bricks and mortar, the one that you were saying, you know, where you, yeah. you get there at a certain time, you leave at a certain time, there's a certain amount of clothes that you have to wear. Whereas like now, the business that we're in, people can contact us 11 o'clock at night, 3 o'clock in the morning. There's, there's, there's none of that. It's very fluid. And you have to obviously set your own boundaries around that so you're not continually... Yeah. Um, continually being on email, but what, where, how, you know, if there's no like nine to five, Monday to Friday boundaries, there's, there's yeah. definitely no retirement, is there, unless you just decide that?
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, and, and that's exactly to, to my, uh, what I was just saying, the word career before just doesn't apply anymore to my life. So, um, before I used to be this person who they dreamed about doing stuff while I was at work. And uh, now I, I'm, I just work because this is what I used to daydream about yeah. and it's uh, and I love it and um, it's just this kind of confluence between uh, what all these different elements of my life that have brought me to this point show me that my life is just this now it's not like there's no conflict in it anymore and the idea of retiring doesn't even apply to where I am because what like stop being me you know like yeah. stop being well. Um, You know, this, like I can't, I don't even, I can't fathom it. I can't see how it might even take place. So, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely feel grateful for, um, this, how can I put it for this, um, gradual introduction into this life you know what I mean like this Mm is gradual ability to make that shift because um it it was a very different it's a very different life to me now that I live to the one I lived two years ago and this kind of ease into it just um having each day my daily bread you know gluten-free bread and uh uh, yeah, and uh, just being able to to settle into this life and have it teach me what the expectations around my new path is, has been very different to me coming into here and going, all right, well, this is what I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve these goals. This is what, what's going to happen. And, and this this is not what happened for me. I've had to be led from what my life is doing. To actually understand it rather than come from a place of trying to overpower it and change it and divert it. So it's more a practice in understanding and flowing rather than one of control and trajectories and strategies.
0: And, you know, when we're children, we're we're taught a really good nursery rhyme, row, row, row your boat. Yeah, <laughs> which is a which is a, it's a brilliant analogy, isn't it? And it's true, right? Because we you can't put you can't force the river. You've just got to go with the flow, and you don't know what's around the bend. And the reason we're laughing and I've gone red is because who uh, have used that. Uh, analogy in that last <laughs> interview, the one that didn't record, but I have used it. I've been using it nearly every day. Yes, you know, row, row, row your boat. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Very,
0: very good ancient wisdom passed down in a nursery rhyme. I love it. Love it.
1: But it's, it is though. Yeah. So you know, like it, it says, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily. Life is yeah. but a dream. You know, and and it is it is all that and uh, just don't don't think that you can control the stream and make it go uphill when it's already going downhill and just you've got to go with it yeah i
0: love it, I love it. well i'm very pleased to hear that you're not going to be stopping doing what you do in the near future because i can't get enough of what you enjoy um producing and i love your book Life-changing foods. Love it so much. And I was just thinking, and it's not it's not fixed because um, – but today I was thinking, oh, wow. Uh, for lunch, I'm having Joe's chili bowl, which I made for the oh, first time good. on Friday night, which is just incredible. And, um, you know, I never thought to try that recipe because um, – yeah, everyone's got a chili recipe, right? Everyone has got one that yeah, done yeah. for years, but Joe's is just incredible and it's half um half the amount of meat and half vegetables, which is just was just a lot easier to yeah. digest. It wasn't a big fat lump of meat on my gut, which was really good. Yeah. And for breakfast we yeah. had nut porridge, and there's just yeah, so perfect. many incredible recipes in there. Your pastry has absolutely transformed our lives. Even my um Gluten free hating son loves it.
1: So well. Well, done. well, let me let me show you. Hopefully, it's still I still got some. Um, we're experimenting with we're doing a ten a ten recipe uh, free ebook Ooh. with uh, with the the dough recipe of mine and uh, so um, we're giving out ten free recipes that you can do with that dough. And I just made these. They fell on the, the make these ham and cheese buns. Oh my god. With, uh,
0: they look like the ones you get really? at the supermarket. They're incredible. Oh, I wish I could have a bite. It's so much better. It's
1: so good. That's terrible. Don't You don't
0: want it. Oh, it's all mine. I'm so hungry mm. now. And then we got to have a good look around your house. Then. Uh, that, was, that was good. I was like looking around people's houses. It's turned into a food and oh, yeah. food and home show now. Very exciting. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. Come, have
0: a look. <laughs> Come, on, have a
1: look.
0: Yeah. So tell us about what's coming up. How can we get to see you and Joe and what's happening next?
1: Um well we're in Ichuka in December and in Melbourne as well. The dates are on quirkycooking.com.au. You go to the events section um there. You can see where we're going. Um, <clears throat> then we've got uh Brisbane in February. And uh Joe is actually well by the time this podcast comes out, probably Joe would, would have already done this. She's doing a Thermomix event tomorrow in Brisbane. Um, but these are the two days that we've got but then we've got uh, a few uh, places that we want to go around in the year the best thing to do is to join our newsletter on quirkycooking.com.au and you'll be able to see where we're going Um, definitely if you haven't connected with us already follow us on uh, facebook on the quirky cooking uh, public page but also we've got a a private chat group which is uh, you have to request access to join and we've got around 45,000 people on there um, so it's a, a really great community where people come and ask questions and you can post anything that you if your you know a child is sick with some something and you want to know if other people have had that experience what people think that's a great place to do it um, and um, yeah definitely do the newsletter apart from that and make sure that you join it soon because you get that free ebook that I was mentioning with all these Recipes.
0: That sounds gold. That sounds gold. And I came to um your event in Perth earlier in the year, um, and saw you and Joe do some cooking, do a cooking class, and and talk to us about your stories and and heaps of actionable tips. And it was brilliant. And you had enough time. I don't know how many people are in the room, but it was packed out. And you had and it was fifty dollars to go to, like so accessible. Um, and we got loads of information, mm. loads of inspiration. We got to hang out with a whole room of other like-minded people, which really you know, gives you that drive to move forward. And then you you had time to talk to everybody individually and sign their book at the end, which is just amazing. It's so nice to actually, you know, get your hands on the person <laughs> that you're you're inspired yeah. by. So I definitely recommend checking out those events.com dot A. U. yeah,
1: thanks. And we 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 really like feel that 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 part is probably the most important part for us, apart from just being on stage. And um, if someone comes up to you and they want to talk to you, and you know they've been dealing with chronic illness or they have some kind of problem, and you just don't pay them the attention that they deserve, then you've missed an opportunity. You miss an opportunity to make an impact in their life and help them. Um, and they come to you and you can tell from people's energy if you're attentive what they're after and um, you know after even with 150 people you can still go from that space you can just feel it and feel it and feel it and feel it and And just let people uh, know that they're being heard Um, you can give them uh, very simple and quick you know if you're attentive to them whatever comes out of your mouth usually is the right thing to say to them, which makes them feel uh, heard and noticed and loved, and uh, that there are people who care out there for, about them, which we do. So it's really important, I think, in our day-to-day to have that as well, to be able to bring that quality mm-hmm. to our day-to-day. And, um, you know, these events for us are an opportunity for us to meet our extended family, so we don't take it lightly. We don't think, oh, well, here here we are again in some uh, city we don't know and people like we don't stars. care about or anything. Else. No, no. So <laughs> we do the drugs afterwards, of course.
0: <laughs> Slips some in the nut porridge. Woo-hoo, we're off. Yeah, Let's yeah, go, Joe.
1: Well, it's the good stuff. It's the cinnamon and the turmeric yeah, and man. the anti inflammatories, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: so funny. But yeah. well, it's been so cool catching up with you and making a of you. gratitude for doing this twice we're both like we're both recording it just in case it doesn't make it I've gone red again but thank you so much you're an incredible inspiration and it's been really cool hanging out thanks Helen